Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Sunday afternoon, last Sunday in March. We've got a Sweet 16 matchup here in a couple of hours that I know Richie is as nervous as all get out for, but we are excited to be with you guys. We thank you for tuning in and hanging out with us. We've got an exciting and special guest on with us that we'll introduce in just a few moments. Richie, how's your weekend been so far? Man, it has been outstanding. I did a uh, like a ten hour smoke of a brisket yesterday uh, for the go. for the Sweet Sixteen, um, you know, and, and just live bet on the couch all day. So I, I'm actually up on the weekend, surprisingly, but a blast. On obviously, man, I'm so excited for tonight's game against Michigan. You know, Florida State. We have a lot of great athletic departments going on. What Coach Ham has built is amazing. And I'm really excited to talk to our guest because what she's built is pretty amazing as well. You know, people get caught up in football, basketball, and baseball, but we have a lot of good sports programs, and we got a really good guest today for that. Yeah, no. Well, I I couldn't be more excited for the game tonight. I'm excited that we're doing this now. Um, we did a uh, Michigan preview. If you're watching this and kind of looking for a little bit of a Michigan preview, we did that on Wednesday night. You can check wherever you're watching this. You can you can check this feed uh, for our Michigan preview with Seth Fisher of MGo Blog. We're not going to do a ton of Michigan preview here today, just because the game's in a couple of hours, and so it'll be pretty irrelevant then. <laughs> but uh, we're excited again for our interview, and we're excited that you guys are hanging out with us today. Uh, Double fries, no. Also, Richie, you're up on the weekend. Now's a good time to stop betting. Like no, that's that's I'm, I'm all that's in on the, Florida State money line. Florida State money line. Let's go. That's the good time to stop is when you're up. But anyway, double fries, no slaw. Brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. I'm going to go ahead and bring our guest in really quickly. Here we have with us for the first time, Coach Jennifer Hyde, the head coach of. FSU women's tennis coach. How are you doing today? Hey guys, doing great. How are you guys holding up? Oh man, we're nervous. As I know you were just watching backstage, we are ready for the game. I was up in, um, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I was up in Tallahassee yesterday. I went to the baseball game and that was a ton of fun. Um, and the whole time I was just thinking like, man, I'm nervous in this baseball game for the basketball game. That's going to happen tomorrow <laughs> night. So I know we're all kind of on pins and needles hoping oh, yeah. that, uh, Hoping that we can – our buddy texted this, mo this morning in their group chat that Richie and I are in. He said, tonight's the revenge game from, from 2018 when they beat us. But thank you so much for hanging out with us and coming on today. We're excited to excited to chat with you. Um, you're in the middle of the season, so I know that's kind of – can be crazy, but you guys had a weekend off. So we did. Uh, nice to get a little rest. Although I don't know if it – is it truly a weekend off for you or like were you still – kind of working the whole day. You just didn't have to travel and play, right? <laughs> didn't have to travel. I had uh, a whole lot of days off, uh, just what's required. Um, since I think January 13th was the last time we kind of had a weekend off. Mm. If either practice or competition, it was really needed. I think, you know, if, if you're feeling as staff, you know, and you're getting kind of worn down through the, you know, kind of the heat of the season now, you know, those, those student athletes are probably needing to catch their breath a little bit. We, we gave them a couple of days off this week too, just kind of recharge, reset, get those bodies back to feeling better. 
Um, cause they've been, they've been going hard. They've been going hard since January. I mean, some of them since last fall and, um, it was really good, good time to reset heading into uh, the next three weeks of competition. So I think it's perfectly timed and, and really enjoyed it. Good. A lot of good laundry days and some ho homework too, but, uh, some film, film review and some, some recruiting as well. So not really off, but we'll take it. Yeah, for sure. You have been at FSU for 17 years. Is that correct? Yes. Many um, years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> made the NCAA tournament 15 out of those 17 years. Um, Took us to the Elite Eight in 2018, uh, three-time ITA Regional Coach of the Year, um, and just really had it. I mean, Richie talked about it. Like, have have built a an outstanding program with FSU. Not to butter you up too much, we've already got you on, but uh, <laughs> built built a great program with FSU. Talk to us about just briefly. I know it's hard to sum up like 17 years in a couple of minutes, but like, talk to us about your just your time at FSU, your experience there. We're all diehard Knowles, right? And and kind of live and breathe with this. But talk to us about again. I know it's hard. Seventeen minutes and or seventeen years in like a minute or two. But like, just talk to us about FSU, what it means to you, your experience there. Uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to wrap that one up. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's like I've had fifteen careers in seventeen years here. It's it's amazing how the program has evolved over the years. I think, you know, I know when I first came in here, it was, you know, you think, you know, everything. And then you learn very quickly as you falter that you're still growing so much as a coach and program. And, and I feel like we've, you know, in the, in the last probably five to eight years have really hit a really good stride. And that's because of the student athletes. It's because of the staff, the great coaches we've had and all the hands on deck that have helped us kind of grow this into one of the, you know, the powerhouses of college tennis in America. And I'm very proud of that. But honestly, it's just been it's been the recruiting, it's been the student athletes, it's been the coaches, the managers, volunteer assistants, the alumni. It, it I know it, it kind of sounds cliche uh, to hear me say that, but it's actually very, very true. And it's those relationships with the people that we've built over time, whether it's, you know, the, the student athletes and getting through the things we get through with them and and then them reaching back 10 years later. It, it it's just uh I'm pretty blessed. I'm pretty fortunate to be able to coach where I played. You know, I played and graduated from Florida State, have two degrees from here. And that's a pretty unique situation for for a leader to be an alum. I think there's a couple of us here on staff that, you know, with Brooke and Amy and, and you know, we, we played here. So there's a different there's a different pride when you get to coach where you played. And yeah. uh, it's been a heck of a ride. Uh, it's highs and lows and everything in between. And, and right now we just in the last couple of years, we've been hitting our good stride and and uh, now it's just a matter of, of continuing to get better and keep pushing the program. You know, we're sitting at four in the country right now. We've been in the top 10 for the last year. So we're just, uh, you know, really grateful to be playing right now and, and getting through this COVID muck and, and uh, taking advantage of it. The girls are doing a fantastic job and putting us where we are. And, and uh, we're just enjoying the ride. Absolutely. No, I love the, we, we had Brooke on and she kind of talked about the same thing, just mm -hmm. playing, playing here and then get to coach here. I mean, it's just a, a completely different level. Um, obviously, Mike, same thing with with uh, yeah. Coach Martin as well. Yeah. Um, so really, really cool there. We'll talk about this season in just a second. And again, it probably like diminishes how hard it was, like looking back over the last year because of how awful this pandemic has been for a lot of people. But how did you navigate that? Like how hard was that to – you, I mean, you were up to number two in the country at one point last year. You were 14, like just absolutely rolling. And then right around this time, right, like the very end of the season, a couple of weeks left, they say, 
all right, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's the end of the season. How, and again, looking back with perspective and realizing, I understand, but like in that moment, how difficult was that for you and, and your girls? It was brutal. That, that was, you know, obviously after a couple months, you, you could swallow it a little bit better, but at the time we were on such a, we were on such a high and, and the, the team had, had, was doing things that, you know, we just kind of stayed out of their way. They went on cruise control. You know, we got to the elite eight then of the, the team indoor championships, which was a first. Um, we hadn't qualified for that in about 10 years and even getting there. And then, and then getting to the quarters was just amazing. There were just so many big highlights. And, you know, I, I never forget, we went the weekend before it got closed down. We played at Clemson on the road, had a really good 4-3 match to finish. And then we, we had a 4-3 match against Virginia on that Sunday beat them there. We flew back that night and three days later they pulled the plug. And, you know, I remember they were saying, okay, don't, don't shake hands after matches. Don't give high fives and whatever. And, and at that time, none of us knew what this COVID thing was. We, we did, we just knew all this chatter and no one really knew much about it. And, you know, a couple of months later, we're looking back and oh my God, we were such idiots. We were high-fiving and they were, you know, <laughs> dog piling on the floor together after we beat Virginia. And it was like, oh my God, we, we, we didn't know. And then we get the call on the Thursday and, and then the first thing you think about is the seniors, you know, they're like going, Oh my God, my career's over. This is how it's going down. This is it's, it's ending, you know, it's, this is it. And it was just such an emotional taxation. I think for every, every student athlete and every sport that was affected. And, and obviously there's a much bigger picture here, right? There are lives lost across the world that it's much bigger picture, but of course sure. our, our world is the, the, the athletics, right. And, so that was shocking. It was tough. I, I'm not going to lie. We had some pretty down moments, you know, and as a coach and as a leader, you want to sit in the locker room with them and say, Hey, listen, there's a bright side to this. But at the time there wasn't anything bright. There was, there wasn't a whole lot of hope. There was a lot of unknown, you know, some people like, Oh, we'll be back recruiting in June and everything will be back to, and it's like, man, not, it's not going to play out like that guys. And, yeah. and so I think the girls were really graceful and they were, you know, they, they took it on the chin and it was a rough couple months there. And then, we had to rush a lot of them kind of out of here too, within a week of, of the of the season getting shut down just because they had to kind of get home the ones that could. And um, yeah, it was pretty chaotic for chaotic for a while. Um, but they did a great job. You know, you asked, how do, how do we get through it? How do we navigate it? I mean, literally it was a, a bite at a time, a, a day at a time um, because you didn't know what was around the bend. You know, you get a phone call about this, you get, you know, this gets canceled, your season, fall season, oh, the ACC is not going to have any matches for, for the spring sports in the fall. So it's like, okay, this big development period we have is going to be lost. And so we're, we're constantly navigating all these things kind of coming at you from the left and from the right. And at the end of the day, you just had to realize it was, you know, it was a much bigger picture of things going on out there. And, and you just had to be grateful when things started to get back on track and, and we started getting a little bit of normalcy in this very weird normal that is now. Um, you know, and it, it, it's hard to believe it was a year and a, a year ago and a year has passed because it's been it's been insane. But at the same time, you know, there has been an ability to get back to some sort of you know, the road trips that we've taken. We've had only two road trips in the in the, the spring. And those are those are amazing because it was like other than the logistical nightmare that is travel now, it, it was so normal and everything felt so I mean, good, you know, and and, and, yeah. and then you, you kind of come back and you get into the the rut of being here a little bit because it's, you know, you have all those restrictions and you have all those things you're thinking about a little bit more, but at the same time, I mean, come on, we're so happy to be playing ball right now. And, and just every week 
you know, get negative COVID tests every week. That's, that's the goal. And as long as we keep doing that, we can keep thriving. And the girls have done an amazing job of that. And, and it's important to them. It's their priority. And I'm grateful for that because, you know, it allows us to get out there and, and just keep playing. Yeah, and coach, like you mentioned, obviously the, the pandemic was a lot for everybody. Yeah. Um, and it's nice to be somewhat back to normal with, with vaccines rolling out. Hopefully we'll be back to normal sooner than later. Mm-hmm. But um, you guys are in the thick of the season and you're coming off a couple dominant wins. You know, 7-0 Syracuse, uh, 4-1 at Louisville or uh, in Tallahassee against Louisville and 7-0 against Notre Dame. But you mentioned Virginia. They're going to be a top 10 team in the country, as you told us. And you played them this week. Just talk about this year's team because you guys, you know, you're number four in the country, 13 and three overall. You guys are, have an outstanding season going on, but a lot of challenges uh, coming up and rivalries, which we'll get into a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, the great thing is we've been so battle tested already this year. I mean, we played University of Georgia, lost a close four, three match there. They're what, three, two or three in the country. We played Florida. We've played, you know, we, we just, our schedule's so tough that, we're not walking into, you know, a new setting of, oh, wow, this is really high level. It's been high level since we kicked off in January. And, and for that, we're more prepared for what's coming up in the, you know, the next month, two months, postseason, all that. Because, one, our conference schedule provides the best. I mean, our conference is hands down the best tennis conference in the country. Yeah. It's the toughest. I mean, men's and women's side, UNC are both one in the country. That shows you a little bit. We have, what, eight teams inside the top 20. Um, it's, it's pretty brutal, uh, but that's what you want. And what's a little bit different this year is, you know, we have had targets on our back since last year, everyone's going to get and come at us and give us their best effort. And, uh, one of the things I've seen in, in since last year is, you know, sometimes the hunter hunted thing can get a little skewed mentally, but our girls love the fact that every time we're competing, they're getting the best effort from what's across the net. And that's making us be better. That's making us step up and maybe be a bold, you know, a bolder team. And we've done that time and time again. And, you know, I think we're very prepared for, you know, we've been prepared for these opportunities. And I think, you know, we had, you know, one weekend that was a little bit rough when we went to Duke and UNC, but we still competed really well in that match against UNC. And, and we weren't fully staffed then, but I mean, we're ready for, for all these things. And that's honestly just a matter of, of us coaches getting out of their way and letting those girls do their thing because they're competitive. I mean, this is probably one of the most competitive teams I've ever had. Fortunately, I've been very, I've been very fortunate to have teams that just compete like crazy. I mean, they just have it in their souls and there's no getting in the way of that. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's what's, what it's going to take. I told them back in January, I said, especially starting early with with the teams kind of everyone kind of getting their feet under them across the country and playing because everyone was kind of shut down for a while i said the teams that compete the hardest are the ones that are going to have the most success early on especially and as it's turned out to be very true to this point but that can't let up here now it's 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 just continuing to to keep your foot down on the accelerator and you know we have things we want to accomplish and we're not where we want to be yet we're sitting in a nice place but four is a number there are other things that we want and, and we're in a good place though. And I, I do like the fact that our targets on our back, I was talking to coach Niles about that a couple of weeks ago, then they moved up to number one and I'm like, enjoy that target. It's an opportunity and it's a, it's a privilege to have that target on your back. Um, and, and, and we, we kind of like it, we respond pretty well to it so far. Um, talk to us about rivalries. Cause we, we get up, you know, really, really big into like the football rivalries between Miami and Florida state. And then, you know, it seemed like soccer had like the the big rivalry with like either like Virginia or UNC, like every year, like that's who they'd run into. Yeah. yeah. So like 
are you guys' rivalries the same? Like, I know that you always want to beat Miami and Florida, but is that kind of, you know, is there somebody else that we don't know about, or is it truly just like, yeah, you because know, you guys beat Miami last year 4-3, beat Florida this year. Like, is it just those two? Like, does it carry over across all sports? You know, <laughs> I, I, that's a tough one. I, I kind of feel like right now everyone's a rivalry. It feels that way. Like, <laughs> there is something special about – Florida and Miami. Um, you know, you never want to make a big deal about it, but at, at the end of the day, when you know you're playing them, it, it's just a little bit different. It just, sure. it's just a little bit different. You don't want it to play into things, but you know, it's going to get nasty. You know, it's going to be competitive. You know, you know, it's almost neutral, you know, heading into it because there's just an emotion about those matchups. But at the same time, I mean, the Virginia matches is, is a huge rivalry. Our Georgia tech matches are a huge rivalry. They, they're very, you know, I would never say they're, they're personal per se, but there might be little underlying things that, that uh, requires a little more attention from the student athletes and from the coaches to make sure that we're ready. You know what I mean? It's a little bit different intensity, but at the same time, we got to go out and perform. It's, it doesn't matter who we're playing, whether there's a, a gator on this or an ugly orange uniform, whatever it is, <laughs> we got to play, we got to perform. We gotta- we got to give our best effort on the day and cause we're going to get the, their best effort. And, and it's fun. I mean, it's fun for the kids. I mean, at the end of the day, you obviously, you know, we have a pretty good win streak right now against Florida. I think we're four in a row against them. They're so hungry to see us in postseason. I mean, I know it's there uh, and it's always going to be there. And I, I think it's one of the great things about college sport, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. We hate the color orange as Florida state fans, <laughs> you know, whether it's Florida, Miami, Clemson, it, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> But we, we've had a lot of uh, coaches on the podcast, you know, Coach Ham, Brooke, uh, Lonnie, uh, Neat, and uh, we love asking it. it. It seems like there's such a tight-knit community with the Florida State coaches of all sports. Is there any coach that you just have a really close relationship with or that you look up to um, or, or has helped you out in your career? Obviously, you're you're one of the OGs, been at Florida State 17 I years. Know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. <laughs> um, I still feel like I'm like the young up and comer and I'm starting to realize it's, that's not the case anymore, but no, I think, uh, I mean, like we talked about earlier, the, the, the sports programs at FSU with the coaching, the coaches that are on this roster on our roster for a coach. It, I mean, I amazing. I mean, you've got everyone from Mark and soccer, Brooke and beach Monty winning national championships. I mean, we've got, you know, golf, we got everybody. Yeah. Um, is just, um, I, I, I feel privileged to be surrounded by such greatness, to be honest, I think, and the programs follow suit. And yeah, I think, um, we did, we did some communicating during, during COVID when things kind of got shut down and there was like, all of us are kind of handing out there waiting, to get information and waiting to hear about stuff. Cause there was just so much unknown and uncertainty of what we're doing with our student athletes. And when is this going to happen? What's going to happen? And so we ended up getting together every now and again on, on some zoom calls as coaches and not everyone could come all the time, but it was a really good opportunity for us to kind of just share ideas and kind of find out what was going on in their program and their student athletes and maybe what they're hearing about their seasons or their, you know, academics or whatever. Um, And that's been pretty incredible. I think it's pretty special, especially we're able to do that when we're geographically very separated still, you know, I don't think we've had, we've had one meeting where us coaches all got together. I think December was the last one. And I think we just don't want to cross paths right now. We're trying to keep, programs very isolated right just just by virtue of, of covid and, and contact points and all that so um but the respect is deep 
uh, and it runs very, very deep for the entire coaching staff. And uh, we all know that we're surrounded by greatness and it definitely uh, inspires us to keep raising the bar in our own programs because, you know, we want to fall short. You know, we, my, our tennis facility is right up the street from soccer and softball. And I'm like, dang, man, they won championships, like national championships, AC, we got to pick it up. Like, let's go. We got to make this like championship row. Let's right do here. it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it, you have those, maybe it's not a cognitive thought where you're going to share like I am right now, but it's there. I mean, it's like, this is, it's, it's inspiring as heck for sure. Um, talk to us about, uh, booster support and what it does specifically for your program. Not only, I mean, we understand that it's, it's how your program operates, but just maybe a story or two of, of how it's truly impacted the, the athletes that you work with and, and the young people that, that you work with and how important that booster support is. We like to, we like to ask that of the different coaches so that people listening and watching can kind of get that perspective on a more personal level. Yeah. I mean, uh, it's been imperative. I mean, especially in the last year, I think having that support grow even more, I think, you know, Michael Alfred over some of boosters has done an amazing job, really, really kind of connecting everybody um, in, in a way that the support and these camp, like the one tribe campaign and all these things that they have going on are really bringing things in. And, you know, we're starting to see some cross support, you know, um, across programs as well. And I think that that's one of the things that, that makes Florida state so unique is I, I don't want to be cliche again, but they talk about that family, the family piece. And we saw yeah. that recruiting process all the time. Cause it's true. It's, it's very true. And now I get a sense that that's getting, you know, even better and it's getting even stronger and the support is even greater. And that starts with you know, our leadership and that starts with the boosters following and, and getting behind our student athletes and our programs. You know, I was telling you earlier, like, you know, even though we have restrictions with uh, uh, fan attendance in our matches, we've been packing the matches and the kids love it. Like they, they, I had a couple that are like gamers and they, they like that game. They like to put on a show. They like to perform not just for the team, but they like to kind of bring the, the crowd into the matches. Sure. And we got a crowd up there that are getting behind them and yelling, screaming and raising a little cane. And it's fun. I mean, it makes the experience for the kids better and it makes the overall athletics better. And, and so that, that support has been pretty, you know, financially also not just butts in the seats, but you know, we, we've had a lot of support where there's a lot of, you know, donor directed funds coming right into our coaches club that want to do things for our student athletes and do things for our program directly. You know, obviously football is going to football, basketball, baseball. We all, we all know how, you know, that that's, you know, set up across the country, but we're also getting this support, you know, at, at all levels of, of programming that um, simply we couldn't do what we do without it. And it makes a huge difference. And it just kind of increases that family feel as well. It just, it, it, it and that's important to me. You know, I don't want this to be just uh, a disconnected program and it's not, it's a very connected and that's because of the people that put their hands in it. And we're really grateful for that. You um, told us that we've got a few games left Miami that was senior night correct and then yeah. mm -hmm. UVA Virginia Tech and UCF to finish up the year and then we go into postseason play which like you said number four right now is it's nice but like mm -hmm. it means nothing if if we don't you know kind of hit the goals toward the end of the year mm -hmm. so it's awesome to hear that you guys have been packing it out and that the support and the attendance and things have been there football is I mean you've seen the ups and downs right as long as yeah. as long as you've been there That's and a little bit of yeah, in a little bit of a lean time right now, but like every other program, like you talked about Coach Not, like they're 
they're the best. They're the most. They're the most dominant program of any sport, like in the country. Like they are just running through everybody. You know, baseball and softball ranked highly. Basketball again, going for the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, women's basketball making the tournament, predicted to finish eighth, finished fourth in the ACC, which is insane. With Coach Sue not there, Coach Brooke did a great mm-hmm. job with them. So, like all of our programs are just, and I, and I didn't even just run through all of them, but like I just listed a bunch that are all highly ranked and. So it's awesome that people are supporting and are recognizing. Yeah. If you're watching this or listening to this, go go check out some of those last couple of games. You know, it, it, there's a it was it was cool to be at the baseball game yesterday. I sat right behind the animals, so that was a, a different experience. But um, but it it just felt like a little bit of a return to normalcy, right? Like it would have been great if the baseball stadium would have been full yesterday. I'm sure you guys can't wait for the time that. Hopefully next season, right? Knock on wood that the the stadium is full, but man, just to have people back and supporting. So if you're li- listening to this, watching this, go support. Go check out those games. It's always good to see us beat Miami in anything. So yeah. go <laughs> go go check that out for sure. And then um, the postseason play, Richie. I think you had something before I. Yeah, yeah. coach, and we'll let you go here shortly. We, and yeah, we yeah, yeah. really appreciate you spending your Sunday Palm Sunday morning with us here uh, <laughs> on the podcast. Um, but I, I do have one very important question, and I don't want to put you on the spot, but do you have a prediction for tonight, Florida State, Michigan, a revenge game from 2018? I am so excited and so nervous about it. My wife is like, you are a maniac. What is your problem? But have you followed the run, and, and do you think we get – Get to the Elite Eight tonight? Yep. Yep. Done deal. Love it. I'm on, I'm on the <laughs> same page it. with you. And yeah. so, you that know, PJ picked Michigan earlier this week. I'm oh, just going to say. Okay. No, yeah. I, listen, <laughs> those those guys have been touched by something special, and I, they're going to continue to carry on here. I can't wait for the game tonight. It's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I love it. Richie, I mean, I picked Michigan to win. I want Florida State to win. <laughs> But I'm wrong a lot. So, like, you just hope that I'm wrong again. Like, hope that the streak continues. Um, Coach, we appreciate you coming on a ton. We know that it's a busy time. We're glad that you had a little bit of time off. But um, hopefully things will get even more back to normal next year. And we can – I know it's been a while for you, but we can celebrate with some Guthrie's um, next year up in Tallahassee when we come up. I think we're all coming up around Labor Day. So, we'll have to get a big band together and – Guthrie's on uh, you. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. On Rich, we'll we'll, we'll pay for you. Baller. Coach, if yeah, you come, we'll, we'll pay for it. <laughs> I'll be we'll, there. we'll do it. <laughs> um, thank you so much for hanging out. We're excited to follow you guys through the rest of the year. You're welcome to hang out with us anytime. And thank you so much. And, and good luck and go Knowles. Appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the time and the support and always go Knowles. Thanks, Coach. Love it. Coach Jennifer Hyde of FSU Women's Tennis. She was great. I love the – uh, I love getting the coaches on. Like I said, so many programs right now at FSU are just absolutely dominating. Um, and and it's fun to see. So I'm excited to try and check out some of their, not all of them, um, but a lot of the a lot of the big, big games are televised on yeah. like the ACC it's extra. Exactly. The the Florida one was, so caught a little bit of that one. The UCF one is um yeah. at the at the end of the year. Uh, and so if you follow their Twitter account, they'll also tell you, you know, when the game is happening, uh, whether it's televised or not to start the game. And then you can kind of, if it's not televised, you can just follow their Twitter account. If you're not in Tallahassee and can't make the game, uh, and they update you as the games go on. I was actually on Twitter this morning following, she talked about coach Niles, the beach volleyball team who was playing 
and they were off to a good start. I'll take an update real quick. They won. Yeah, they won this morning um, against, I believe. That's all they do. They haven't lost yet, right? They haven't lost yet. No, <laughs> they're they're absolutely dominating. They took on number nine, TCU, and they play number 15, South Carolina, to wrap up the weekend. But, yeah, Florida State Beach Volleyball wins again. Not a huge shocker uh, there ever. <laughs> so they have been fun to watch as well. So we talked about this earlier we did a preview show. If you're tuning in, we did a preview show for the Michigan game that came out on Wednesday. Go check that out. If you are looking for a little bit of a FSU Michigan preview uh, basketball game coming up in about five hours, Richie, we're excited for it. And so go check that preview out, but we really enjoyed our time with coach Hyde. Glad that we could get her on and enjoyed hanging out with her this morning. Um, before we go on, we played this during that preview show, and we said we weren't going to go into a ton of Michigan, but we are – this again, this is my favorite part of the show. This is the best thing that we do. I can't believe I give Richie credit for, for the best part of the show. I it's the only hate. thing I ever get credit for. That's it. <laughs> well, I mean, but it's a lot of credit. Like, I – you know, we argue a lot. We go back and forth. But, like, this is the best part of the show, the best thing that we do here. We played it on Wednesday. But, again, not only is this the best thing we do, this was the best one that Richie's ever done. We're going to play this, and then we're going to get into some uh, some football updates. But, ladies and gentlemen, Richie Barnes' is Basketball Minute. Following a first-round win over UNC Greensboro, Florida State took on the round of 32 and the Colorado Buffaloes with a trip to the Sweet 16 on the line. The first half was more painful to watch than reruns of recent Nick Cage movies, with both teams combining for a whopping total of 44 points. While the Hambones couldn't seem to get anything going on the offensive end, their hellacious defense had the Buffaloes looking as if they were hit with a tranquilizer on the opening tip. In the first 20 minutes, the junkyard dog defense looked more like a pastry shop forcing 11 Colorado turnovers. During an eight-minute span in the first half, both teams would combine for a total of zero points, making Skip Bayless's high school career seem beyond pro prolific. The start of the contest wasn't made any easier on the eyes thanks to the three blind mice dressed in black and white, but I'm not playing the ref guy, so I digress. The first half would prove to be nothing more than a cold, stale appetizer, leaving everyone involved hopeless, but little did we know the executive chef had his attention turned on the entree, a nice big serving of some grilled bison. While the hobbled MJ Walker struggled with the ball in his hands most of the night, he was clearly lobbying for an endorsement deal with the Amex based on how many charges he would take in the game, and you better believe they came at a high interest rate. Then, with a one-point lead with 11 and a half minutes to play, it was Sadar Calhoun who hopped on his pogo stick and got a mile high, throwing down a tomahawk chop alley-oop dunk, assisted by the Scotty Pippen Barnes, igniting Florida State's offense like the starter on a Weber grill, leading to a 7-0 run by the good guys. But the star of this show would be none other than junior guard Anthony Polite, who would be the antonym of his last name as far as the busts were concerned, scoring 14 of his career-high 22 points in the second half as the Tribe was out on a hunt, found their prey, slaying and stuffing Ralphie along the way. Knowles win in blowout fashion, 71-53, leaving Seminole fans everywhere yelling how sweet it is for the third straight NCAA tournament, setting the stage for a revenge game Sunday evening against the Michigan team that narrowly ended the Tribe's run at the Final Four in 2018. And don't you dare think Big Daddy Ham has forgotten about that one. Back to you, TJ. The most fun, the best one you've ever done. Um, hopefully tonight, tonight's is better. Um, so excited for the game that comes up at five thirty today. Hey, let's get into some spring football updates, and then we'll go around the horn with some FSU sports, and we'll get out of here. But uh, what's going on over on the uh, football field? FSU had an open practice yesterday. I, I was on the road. I didn't make it to the practice, but talk to us about the uh, practice, Richie. What's going on here? 
Yeah, and uh, kudos to Mike Norvell. This is a really big deal because he's opened all scrimmages to the public. And uh, I think the reason he did it is because recruits are part of the public and they can come and it's a dead period. But if the stadium is open to the public, the recruits can come as well. So he's got a lot of recruits there and uh, a, a big time quarterback commit who uh, you guys saw at the baseball game yesterday was there actually. And we can talk about that in a second. But yeah, man, it, it was uh, they had their second scrimmage. And it sounds like, you know, the, the story of the spring, everyone thought when McKenzie Milton committed to Florida State that, you know, he was going to be it. But it sounds like Tra or Jordan Travis is really outperforming him right now. And I, I highly doubt that Mike Norvell or Kenny Dillingham name a starter after the spring. This is a battle that will go into fall camp. But it's something to keep an eye on because I think we all thought, including myself, that when Milton signed, that's our quarterback. But Jordan Travis, it sounds like he's making a lot of strides. Um, what are your thoughts on the quarterback battle? Because that, that's something that's really got my eye right now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't shock me that uh, it, the reports that you kind of see coming out are that that Travis and um, Purdy, and the, those guys are doing a better job leading the offense or like yeah. knowing the offense. And that's not super surprising. These guys have been in the program for years and M Milton's been in it for months, right? And this is his first spring. So like knowing the offense isn't, a shock, you know, now if we get to fall and he still doesn't have a grasp of it and, and still can't kind of lead the guys, then, you know, I think it's probably not the best situation, but as for right now, I think it's not anything to be like too, too shocked about or anything that we should have a ton of concern over. You know, we've talked about this. I don't think Florida state's going to come out this year in football and just be absolute world beaters and light the world on fire and go nine and three or anything like that. I think it's going to be a tough learning year. I think that we will see improvement from last year, but there's going to be some bumps along the way. Anybody predicting Florida state to just come out and roll over anybody is outside of maybe like, you know, your, your Jacksonville state and games like that is probably a little off base. So I don't know. I'm not, I'm not that concerned about it. It doesn't seem to shock me too much. I, you know, our fan base and, and really all fan bases in general. We talked to Seth about Michigan on Wednesday. All fan bases are just so reactionary and everything's like so, you know, life or death and everything that happens. And it's just not that way. So I don't know. It doesn't shock me that Travis is running the offense better. He just did it for a year and has been in the program for several. So, like, of course he is, you know? Yeah. And like you said, as a fan base, we need to temper expectations. This is not Florida State of the 90s, but we're rolling 10 wins a year. You know, a bowl game would be, I don't want to call it a success this year, but it would be a good season because we have a really tough schedule. Um, but it sounds like, you know, the offense came out on the first drive and Keyshawn Hilton, I believe, scored a touchdown on a tunnel screen. And then the offense was just shut down by the defense. And it sounds like Fabian Lovett, who came from Mississippi State, uh, he was on the roster last year, two years ago at Mississippi State. Sounds like he had a big day. Um, and the defensive line in general sounds like they're really – uh, causing some problems. The only thing that concerns me about the defensive line is the depth. I love our starting four, but behind that, I'm not sure what there is. Um, but again, it, it's it's only the second scrimmage of the spring. We'll, we'll do a more in-depth view after the spring game, but you know, all we have right now is to, to work with it is what's going on with spring practice. But sounds like the defense got the better of the offense in the scrimmage. Um, but again, you know, it, they, they don't know who their quarterback is. But one name that really stood out to me that sounded like he had a huge day was Jay Sean Corbin, which I love because it sounds like he had been for the, the forgotten running back. 
um, you know, in the past, you know, two weeks or so of spring ball. And he kind of reminded people like, Hey guys, I'm experienced. I've done it in the sec. I've done it in the ACC. I can do it here. So uh, I'm excited about him, but as a whole, I don't want to make too many (laughs) jumps to conclusions uh, of what this team may or may not be Uh, again, temper expectations next year, but it's nice to see a guy like Jay Sean Corbin, who was, like I said, kind of the forgotten guy come and make some, you know, make some noise in the scrimmage. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, he was somebody that we had a lot of excitement with around, you know, a lot of excitement around last year. And I don't want to say it didn't really pan out, but he just, you know, nothing really panned out super well last year. Um, so if we can get <laughs> uh, some production out of him and he can, you know, his second year in the system um, can contribute I think it's something that's super exciting and that we'll see defensive line. I want to go backwards just for a second. I'm excited about the defensive line as well. I I understand that our offensive line is a little banged up and has some bruises and wasn't great to begin with. Um, But I do think that uh, I think you take your positives where you can and you understand that, you know, you're going to grow in certain places. You're going to have to have some bumps and bruises, like I said, along the way, but there are some glimmers of hope. There are some glimmers of, of some excitement. Not everything is going to be as as big of homers as we are and as positive as we try to be. There's not always going to be like sunshine and roses and everything else like that. But we'll take the, the positives where we can. Um, you wanted to talk really quickly, and then we'll get into some other sports. You want to talk and get some updates to see if our predictions from Wednesday night hold true. Go ahead. Yeah. With your, where you at? So, so I'm – and again, you just mentioned homers, right? I, I'm probably one of the biggest Florida State basketball homers you'll ever find, but I'm also rational. Like if we play Gonzaga, I don't know what I'll, I don't know what I'll pay. I'll probably pick us to win, but I'll tell you, I don't think we're going to win. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, this game, I honestly, I think it's a coin flip, right? It, it, it opened at three points. Uh, Michigan favored, dropped down to two and a half. Uh, today it's down to two. I, I this morning woke up and put, not a big wager, but you know, a, a sizable wager on Florida state on the money line. I, I feel good about the game. Few grand. Uh, Few grand. No, yeah, yeah. Not even close. <laughs> not even close. Like uh, a big bet for me is like, you know, I'm, I'm betting, you know, hundred bucks or so, but at the same time, yeah, I, I like this matchup. I, I think what Michigan doesn't do well, Florida state as well. Michigan is terrible against the pick and roll. Scotty Barnes, y- you gotta attack, man. If, if he does that, I, I love our chances. You know, they don't turn people over a bunch. We're still going to turn the ball over because that's what we do. So if, if you keep it under 15 turnovers, I think Florida State wins. I, I think I said 67 to 65 on the show Wednesday night, and, and I'm sticking with it. And, I, man, I I just think this team, and I know Leonard Hamilton. Th- earlier this year, we played Indiana, and we just took it to them. And if you remember the year before, Indiana beat us up in uh, – up at their place and Leonard Hamilton, he doesn't forget about that stuff. And he's petty kind of like you and I, TJ, we're both petty people. Leonard Hamilton is as well. And, uh, you know, MJ Walker, he's kind of been nobody outside of Tallahassee this year, but he was on that team that lost to Michigan in 2018. I think this might be the game where he says, man, I'm not letting this happen again. I just think there's so many things going in Florida state's favor. Juwan Howard, phenomenal coach at Michigan. I think he's probably going to win a national title while he's there, but not this year. I'm sticking with it. Florida State 67, Michigan 65. I just think this team, they had five days rest. MJ and Scott even banged up. Hopefully they got a little more healthier. I'm looking forward to it. 
I'm looking forward to it as well. I'm sticking with my prediction. Yeah. Um, a not nice uh, Sweet 16 for for Michigan. I'm sorry, for Florida State against Michigan. I've got Michigan 69, Florida State 66. I think it's a great game. Yeah. Uh, and I think Michigan finds a way to edge it out, but I hope I'm wrong. So looking at some <laughs> other sports going on, Florida State baseball in about 15 minutes goes for the series win against Wake Forest. They dropped a classic yesterday, 8-7, to seven, in which two grand slams were hit. I was there. It was a lot of fun at the baseball game. Shout out Harlan. Shout out Mike Martin Jr. and the guys. Um, here's the picture of me and Harlan yesterday. And then um, also I took a picture with uh, Mike Martin Sr. 11 while we were at the uh, at the game yesterday see, as well. You, guys so. got the, uh, you got the tournament on in the background as well, man. I, I'm jealous. I, I wish I could have been there. You could have. You absolutely could, yeah. could have. Yeah. <laughs> there was there was room for you. Um, in fact, I'd have driven you. I'd have driven. If like if you just met me like 45 minutes from your house, like I'd have, <laughs> I'd, have, I'd have driven you. So we had a good time. Excited to to try and get back up there. I'm gonna try and go. I know you've got a wedding, but I'm gonna try and get back up there in two weeks for the spring game. And then I think we're gonna do something. We're gonna do something. Double fries, no slaw for the um for the Notre Dame game. I've talked with I've talked with some different people. We're definitely going to do something uh, for that. It was cool seeing. Maybe we'll get meat to join us for a a live show there. Don't uh, don't jinx anything just yet, but we've got some things in the works. So um, just have all the FSU coaches come by. Like that'll be the that'll be the tailgate. It's just us (laughs) and all all the uh, fans of the show. Brought to you by Guthrie's. Um, Also, that Nico Chalk was cool. He sat up with the uh, he he loves Tallahassee. Like I know he said that he tweeted that. Like I'm just kind of like stealing his first. But he sat up with the uh, animals. He was doing the chants. If you've never been to an FSU baseball game and don't know about the Section B animals, they're uh, wild. I mean, like, they literally call themselves the animals. So he, even during the ninth inning when we were down by a run, like, every, you have to turn something around for the rally. He, like, turned his polo around, was wearing it backwards. Like, he was totally into it. He was taking pictures with everybody. His parents were there. Love they were having a great time. So he is totally immersing himself into the uh, the culture that is Tallahassee and um, – he was a lot of fun. He was funny that we were we were up in we were up in like a box right behind the the animals. Actually, we weren't in a box. We were in Coach Martin's office, but uh, but we were right behind it. So it was kind of cool. Little flex there, right. little flex. But it was cool to like kind of back up a little bit and be able to see just kind of like what we weren't like in the in the section with him, but we were kind of like watching him. And man, he was having like the best time ever. So it was really cool. Um, uh, softball. We mentioned them really quick. Coach A and the and the ladies. Uh, swept Boston College, uh, went 4-0 against Boston College over the last couple of days. So uh, shout out to them. They continue to move up in the rankings as well. I'm excited to see when the rankings drop uh, to see that little number by their name get a little bit smaller. So uh, any shout outs today, Richie, before we get out of here? My only shout outs go to Indianapolis, Coach Ham, and the basketball team. I don't know who it's going to be today. You know, Polite stepped up last week. If he steps up again, he he could be looking at most outstanding player when we cut the nets down. But MJ, I'm looking at you, MJ Walker. My shout out is for MJ Walker. You are so much better than what you've been the past few weeks. And I would love to see it. Senior day, he was draining threes in Tallahassee. Do that in Indianapolis in, what do we got? Yeah, less than five hours here. The basketball team gets my entire love and shout out for today. Let's go. I'm going to give my shout out to, I shout out Harlan again. Thanks for the tickets. Shout out the uh, 
all the FSU programs. Shout out the Section B animals uh, who sat in front of us. We also, Harlan and I, went to their tailgate yesterday. Um, and they loaded us up with food and drinks, anything we wanted. They were super cool. Uh, shout out Johnny Mac. Shout out uh, Mike Goldstein. Shout out all those guys out, guys and gals out there. Um, had a great time, not only tailgating with them, but watching the game from right behind them. They were super funny. They had the chance going. They bring all the energy at the baseball games, and they really get the crowd involved. And sitting right behind them, I looked over at Harlan and some of the people in the box, and I said, you know, I, I'm looking out from, from the box, and I can see that the stadium's not full. But sitting behind them, you feel like you're in a full stadium because, like, they're loud and they're going all game. So shout out to the Section B Animals. You guys are the Animals Section B. On Twitter, it's Section B Animals. So, like, it's, I say it backwards every time. But you guys bring it every game. They're out there tailgating every game. They don't miss one. Um, shout out you guys for your passion, your love for uh, – FSU. They they're also big fans of the pod. They they tune in. They see the pod. They watch the meat episodes. They like they like the pod. So I, we we are big fans. Every time I'm in Tallahassee, that's that you guys are who I'm coming to hang out with. So um, shout out to them. And let's go Knowles, man. Let's go get us a Elite Eight berth tonight, man. Let's let's beat this uh, let's beat this Michigan team. Let's let's get this revenge from 2018, man. Love it. Hope it happens. All right, cool. We will see you guys next week, um, maybe sooner if, if a win happens tonight. So go Knowles, follow us on social media. If you're watching this, if you can hit subscribe, like, share, retweet, all those things, and we will talk to you guys later. Go Knowles. Not going crazy, but lately my head and my heart seem to be at least a million miles apart. And my heart says to love you, my head says to run. It's like my heart is too afraid to tell my head what it's done. I know that it can never be the way it was, even though you be the death of me. I can't give you up. Too much is not enough. It's not the love, it's not the lust that grips me. Must be the whiskey I've been drinking to remember And drinking to forget I got I love you on my mind I got Jim Beam on my breath And loneliness has got the rest I've got nothing left within me Must be the whiskey Oh, I'm not going crazy Thoughts in my head are a whirlwind of a world of a million regrets All the things I should have done, all the things I should have said All the pain that comes with hating the mess you've made of yourself I know I'm chasing rainbows, thinking I could make it work But the fact is that my actions speak louder than my words And it only makes it worse, thinking of her, thinking she'll forgive me It must be the whiskey
be the whiskey.